Hello and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. I am your co-host Erin and here is my other co-host Brianna. Hello. Hi, and we have a party in here today. <laughs> Welcome to members of the pod called Pod Against the Machine. Say hello, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm part of Pod Against the Machine, which I will let my other podcast members speak more about. Um, that's probably about it. I live here in the city, and I play some games, and I talk too much. Zach? <laughs> Speaking of talking too much, I am also on Pod Against the Machine, and... Hey, surprise, that's why we're here. I also like playing games. I live in the other corner of the country in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I love a healthy mix of sci-fi and my fantasy, which is what our pod is about. Isn't that right, Jiro? Uh, yes, it is. I am uh, Andrew Jiro. <laughs> Usually just go by Jiro. I am also on the podcast. And uh, to complete our little uh triangulation here of the u.s i am down in uh central florida and yeah we are a pathfinder podcast playing through the, the iron gods campaign and just having fun i mean one that was incredible and the most smooth introduction that we've had on the pod in a while <laughs> so so thank you for that props oh wow two so y'all are all over the country how on earth did you get together to do a pathfinder podcast we all met on the internet last year, as everyone was meeting last year, because no one could go outside anywhere. We all came to tabletop games in, I think, very different ways, so I'll let everyone else speak to that. But we are three of five, Zach, Jerome, myself, and another castmate. We all play characters on our pod Against the Machine podcast of AP, Iron Gods, Pathfinder, Paizo, all those words. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and our one GM, GM reached out to people last summer and was like, hey, I want to try this thing. Do you all want to play? And in various ways, we were like, yeah, let us in there. I personally found a post on Reddit and was like, I'm bored and have nothing else to do and I can buy a microphone. Yeah, I'll give this a try. It was my first Pathfinder, is my first Pathfinder game. It's been really great. I have only good things to say and about 200 more dice now than I had a year ago. <laughs> I wish that was an exaggeration. I always hear about the dice addiction where it's like, once you get one, you got to get them all. So, okay. So for, I definitely thought people were over exaggerating or joking. I remember I bought dice specifically for playing pot against the machine. Like, I, cause everyone else had dice and I was like, I can't be the only person not rolling dice. That's embarrassing. So I bought one set and I remember buying that set and being like, why would anyone ever buy more than like, why do you need one more, more than one set of dice? And now I have mumble. Uh -huh, <laughs> and then you see a one on your D20 for the first time and you're like, oh, that's why you have another set of dice. <laughs> so you put that, that guy into the freezer. Right. So you can yeah. exercise the ones that you yeah, don't. Got to get rid of that one. I don't even roll physical dice on the pod anymore because um, as I mentioned before we started recording, I have a couple of rescue dogs and they hate the sound of my dice. What? Hate it. I've tried putting it in a variety of other places, but like Junebug in particular who sleeps in here, like near my feet, will just look up with alarm every time I use my dice tower. I guess I could wow. just like roll onto a memory foam pillow or something. But like <laughs> overall, I've just started rolling in Roll20. I know it's not very hardcore RPG podcasty of me, but I don't know. It's spooks. Think of the dogs. Think mm -hmm. of the dogs. 
from my memory of Pathfinder is that it involves a lot of dice to begin with. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah. fair amount. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so have you done any like other games outside of Pathfinder or has it been very Pathfinder exclusive? I mean, I know that's that's the name of that's Pot Against uh, Machine. That's what y'all do. The, but I'm I'm curious about your yeah the experience. Pot itself has been exclusively Pathfinder. Uh, Sam, our GM, who couldn't make it here tonight, and myself played a Pathfinder card game, which technically isn't Pathfinder. <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> it's different slightly, at least, with uh, a couple of members of another podcast as like a little crossover event thing uh and Mm. we have a little secondary show that we put out once a month that's sort of more like a talk show where we don't roll any dice and it's weird and we all just have awkward conversations with each other (laughs) but yeah the only game that we've really done is pathfinder and even we've talked about branching into other stuff it's mostly just been like would we do a second to like little one shot also in Pathfinder type thing more than mm-hmm. going to another system? And and like, so why Pathfinder? Like, how do y'all pick that? Well, I personally hadn't, and this is again, um, Drew mentioned again before we started recording, I'm of our group, the newest to TTRPGs in general, um, mm-hmm. especially Pathfinder. And new to the point where when I saw that initial Reddit post, I was like, I don't know what Pathfinder is, but it's here in the, you know, under like the Dungeons and Dragons umbrella. So I guess I'll just give it a try because um, I had been playing Dungeons and Dragons for like three months then. And I was like, I'm <laughs> fully prepared to handle this. Um, Sam also agreed to to be fair. He was like, oh, yeah, you've played a couple Dungeons and Dragons. You've played some Starfinder. You'll be ready for Pathfinder. And I believed him and he was wrong. But I have learned so, so much. And it really is like, I play, I think, because I have really come to like love just the group that I'm with. It's a great story. It's a great community. And that's why I'm here for sure. Hmm. If I was going to introduce any of my friends to Pathfinder, most of my friends having not grown up at all in the TTRPG spectrum or sphere, I would probably start with, uh, with, some, with something with fewer rules. But you know, now that we're here, it really is. There is a rule for every possible situation. So if you feel like you're going into a game and you're like, I don't know what's going to yeah. happen if my player decides to scale a wall, but also has you know 30 extra pounds of of gear, <laughs> and and is hindered because they're wounded. There's a rule for that, <laughs> which is which can be really really helpful if you are the type who's like, I don't know what to do. You know. That said, I'm yeah. sure that Dro and Zach have different answers. Yeah, I fall into the category of people who have, I mean, I played second edition when I was like a young teenager. That was like my introduction to role-playing games. So, I mean, D20 systems are something that always interested me. I've definitely played a little bit with like GURPS and other things that have touched it. The only departures that I've had from that are like World of Darkness, Cthulhu, and Paranoia. Um, But mostly everything that I've played is kind of within the the D20 spectrum. So like Mm -hmm. Pathfinder for me... um, the people that created Pathfinder, the people that worked on, you know, the, the the Dragon fanzine, or at least some of them. So it was this group of people that like really had a nerdy love of lore and wanted to provide like this wide variety of options. And I think mm. that's where Pathfinder initially really benefited. So I think that that, in addition to like what Izzy described, which is like an excruciating mechanical preciseness. I just, I love the system. I love the lore. I love, I mean, I, I really appreciate other 
systems and want to try to play them. But uh, Pathfinder first edition in particular has all of the crunch and a ton of options. When we were, before we were recording, when I was saying that every veteran of Pathfinder still gets like a rule wrong almost every game. Um, that's something <laughs> mm. that really defines the system, I would say. And for the most part, most people have a good head on their shoulders because of it. They're like, fuck it, I've been doing this forever and I still can't figure this out. So like, that's how we feel about our pod, I feel like. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty much in a very similar camp to Zach. I got into it right around the time that 3.0 came out of the original Dungeons and Dra Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Then ended up getting out of it around the time that 4th edition came out. Got back into it a couple years ago, starting with 5th edition, and had somebody introduce me to pathfinder and said hey it's made by a bunch of the same guys that helped work on 3.5 it's great you'll love it and i loved it like zach said their approach to things like that players could think of rather than use your imagination was to write down a rule for every possible situation that could ever exist so it does get kind of <laughs> crunchy at times but it is such a robust system and there's so many different ways to put everything together in terms of player characters and enemies and stats and skills and classes and everything that you could honestly like play through the same AP five or six times and have it feel completely different. Yeah, you know, the hearing hearing you'll talk about it, it almost sounds like it's almost like a bit of a ch like almost it's a challenge like that just by stint of it being something where you're constantly learning about it and discovering new things it's almost like daring you to keep playing it so that you continue to learn about it the fact that you both described it as crunchy is just i love that it, it's descriptive <laughs> it's informative it evokes a very certain image in my mind Crunchy. Yeah, and the opposite of that is, uh, I think, creamy is uh, what the metaphor <laughs> yeah. that people use. On the, on the peanut butter spectrum, <laughs> on the I peanut butter spectrum. That's true of, of RPG games, which we all use. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. I think one of the other things I really enjoy about Pathfinder, and Jiro touched on this a little bit, this is something that I feel like they really got into more with second edition, is that even though this will serve the medieval like hack and slash kind of what you think when you think Game of Thrones, I'm sorry, that game, you know, one of those kind of settings, medieval settings that people like to immerse themselves into. Or mm -hmm. you can have a party of people who like avoid conflict by talking their way out of it. They have social mechanics. There's an entire uh, War for the Crown, which is which kind of based off of Game of Thrones, which is why I mentioned it, mm -hmm. where you can, you are effective in verbal duels, social duels. Like as a, as a player, you have to bring a lot mentally. And it's less about, I whack with sword, I block with shield. So like that's something cool. I've I've appreciated about it. My first game with Pathfinder, there was a gay paladin in it. And like, you know, that was written into the actual adventure path. And like that for me, after playing a ton of Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons, I was just like, wow, this is great. This is like it's nice to see some representation. It's like nice to engage with something that like so I don't know. With all of its misgivings as a company, Pathfinder as a system has some kind of nice um alternatives to like the everything is resolved by violence and there is no consequences for murder hoboism 
Uh, well, we're definitely going to be throwing all the rules out the window with this one, um, what we're going to be playing with y'all today, which actually uh, doesn't have any mechanics for violence either. So um, we're really going to be uh, challenging y'all, I guess, in a different way with something that's uh, not Pathfinder with the game we're playing today. How are y'all feeling? Uh, as as the resident newbie, I, I go into all games thinking, ah! so I'm like, <laughs> good to go. Perfect. Is he's like welcome to welcome to this feeling? <laughs> um, I was describing this in soundcheck, but for the benefit of listeners, it's like Pathfinder, as you can imagine, has thousands of pages. But we were presented with this like six-page PDF, and we were freaking out in our Discord over it. The lack of rules <laughs> makes this so much more like we were just like, oh my god, are these connected? Oh, it's there's one sentence for this mechanic. How does this work? And like, so I mean, I'm really excited to see how it works out. Great. Yeah, I'm very excited to try. I have yet to do a GM-less system. I've listened to a couple of people do, I want to say, I think it was Fiasco, which doesn't have a GM, and that was seemed like a lot of fun. And this sounds like a very similar type thing where it's narrative-driven, and I'm just excited to do it. It sounds like it's going to be fun. Hell yeah. Well, let's do it then. Um, but before we do, we do have some things we need to read for... The radio station. So we're going to read those really quick, and then we will get into uh, the gaming portion of things in for the rest of the hour. If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer or you don't want to have a weird uh, website browser tab open on your phone, consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available at the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org donate. If you're an Amazon shopper and would like to donate in a way that costs nothing to you, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Amazon and register RFB as your Amazon Smile Charity. Every time you shop, a portion of your purchase benefits Radio Free Brooklyn. Also, make sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for latest news and new programming and Radio Free Brooklyn events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Okay, let's do the thing. Today we're playing a game beautifully called Mage Against the Machine. Izzy delightfully pointed out when I sent this as an option that it is very similar to hmm, the name of their podcast, Pod Against the Machine, Mage Against the Machine. Incredible. Synergy. <laughs> uh, the game was created by Jordan Palmer, so thank you, Jordan, for that. And it's a GM-less game. Uh, where the idea is that we are going to be playing time-traveling wizards going back in time to stop the robot apocalypse. Uh, the way things are now, there is uh, The Machine, capital T, capital M, The Machine, that is everywhere and is everything. Um, and so we need to go back in time and meddle with reality and hope that we do things well. We're doing this by going back into the memories of each of our wizards, um, our mages, each memory is tied to an event related to the coming uh, robot uprising. This includes sometimes events where we know 
the start of event, but not how it ended and the end of event, but we don't know how it started. So we're going to be filling that in as we go. Um, and depending on whose memory it is, they're going to be the one describing what's going on. So it's GMless in that we're all the GM <laughs> after a certain point. <laughs> and as we're playing, learning how things are going and reacting to them, uh, if one of us thinks that we know how something happened, we're going to declare it, then declare how we're going to stop it because we're trying to change the past and then roll some dice to make that happen. There's something called anomalies that we can use in order to help us change the way things are uh, that we'll maybe get into as we do this. Uh, and of course, we can use magic. Uh, we have 10 uh, memories in a row here, two for each of us. We're going to try to get through as many of them as we can in the time that we have here. Um, and I think that's that's basically the summary. <laughs> that sounds about right. Maybe we should introduce uh, at least the names of our mages and um they don't give us any sort of specific magic like they don't tell us what kind of magic we use besides the fact that we're going back in time so i kind of suggested maybe you can like that we like all pick a type of like specialty um so we have those too brianna you want to start sure uh my mage is tasha and she can use water magic fantastic and izzy yeah i've got marco he, they uses weather magic. Great. Jerome? Mine is Elaine. He, him. And he is a technomancer. Uh, Zach, your character? I'm playing Tabitha. Uh, she's like a healing kind of hedge witch because she's also an Akushuze. Uh, she midwife. All right. And I'm playing Margot, she, her, who knows that sweet, sweet teleportation magic. <laughs> okay, off air, we did set up the order of events from like most innocent to most horrifying <laughs> on the path to <laughs> robot annihilation. Uh, and I guess we'll be starting with the most innocuous ones first, uh, which happened to be Jero's character. So you have the floor. Okay. I'm just describing my first memory then. Yes. So okay. Elaine's first little memory here that he has is of his father taking him to this kind of generic rodent themed uh, theme park located <laughs> in a uh, marshy area of the southern United States. And <laughs> he... <laughs> basically wakes up one morning and his dad who is a single father surprises him with a pair of packed suitcases and tells him we're getting on a plane we're flying down to florida and we're going to rat world and rat world <laughs> he's maybe about eight years old at the time he is super excited he asks his dad why and he says well i just got put in charge of a really important project at work. I'm going to get a lot more money with this, and we're celebrating. So that is, I think, what's setting our scene then is. And the interesting little event, which is the other part of our setting that this game has that happens, that's a starting event that has to do with this, 
is the creation of a think tank by the uh, company Lamarck Foundry. The think tank is called Machine Learning. That mm. is the odd event that doesn't seem like it's too big of a thing, but seemingly has something very important to do with this eventual machine uprising. Well, I have a question. How mm. how many people are there? Like, how big is this? Like, how many people are paying attention to this uh Machine Wait, learning. paying attention to Rat World or oh, <laughs> well, how many people are? It's at thousands of people right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I imagine uh, that. So actually, let's set it this way. Uh, set the scene a little more. So I'll say they're sitting in a cafe on uh, Central Boulevard, USA, the little uh, mall town area of the park. And they're sitting and eating Sundays, and there's a few people milling about. And Elaine asks his dad, he says, So how come we have enough money to do this now? What happened with your job? And he says, Well, I'm being put in charge. And he kind of looks around. Big secret project. There's there's a lot going to be going on with this. And I think that this is like the point that he in the future is going to zero in on as the important point for the rest of the group to come back to. What I'm inferring correctly, like the project he's been put on is this machine learning Machine learning, yeah. Yeah. So wait, are we IC right now? Is this how it goes? I mean, like, Elaine, what does your dad do? (laughs) Like at the foundry, what is his job normally? What is he, what's the responsibilities of his job? Yeah, so he'll uh, pause the memory, like adult Elaine puts out his hand and everything like freezes and he turns to Tabitha and he said, my father worked for a company called Limerick Foundries. He was in their technological R&D department. And then he restarts the memory and it just goes with the dad saying, we were looking at a lot of stuff uh how old are you now? And the little Olinga. I'm, I'm eight, remember? Right, right. They, mm-hmm. they probably haven't taught you guys anything about quantum computing or any of that yet, huh? No. <laughs> and it just goes for a while, like, the dad, like, trying to explain this to a small child that, like, you can tell, like, he's maybe kind of like an, not a wantonly inattentive parent, but, like, you can tell, like, he's not... He's someone who is not used to the home life part of this. Hmm. Well, I, and this is maybe, we have, you know, an hour to do this. So this is maybe not the time to discuss, but assuming we're all newish to time traveling with each other to fix this problem, like this is something newish we're trying. Hmm. We haven't established any sort of hard rules, like don't tackle that guy who's talking right now because that's not going to (laughs) help. But otherwise, Marco is 100% going for that tackle, like, Clearly, this person knows what's going on. If we've established that they maybe have some relation to what happens in the future, we should just like just really. You're just gonna summarily execute away. We'll take him behind a tree and be like, "Hey, kid, sorry about your dad." Okay, so so what you're going to put a stop to is Elaine's dad going. <laughs> 
period like Elaine's dad. Yeah. Ooh, act okay, <laughs> wait, no, but you're right. Now that you brought it up, Elaine's dad being employed is like a much better way of stop it. To, yeah. Of yes. So I'm imagining in character, Marco is like, has this idea of like, right, why are we just talking about this then? Uh, bye. And we'll like take off almost to go after this guy and then have that like, oh, I guess we could just have him lose his job. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and then, and then, some, what can you do at Rat World to make someone lose their job? I'm, <laughs> I I want to start like a brawl in the ball pit. Yeah, yeah get them or whatever. in trouble. I don't like, know if they have those at or something. Have them, like, yeah, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're uh, pellet shaped. Uh, what were you gonna say, Brianna? <laughs> Just sawdust. I can't get over Rat World. But I'm saying, like, if you haven't like pushed into a performer where it's almost like he was going to like attack the performer. Yes, but yeah. Is there like a paradox with like him losing his job affect Elaine being in our group in the future? Well, this is Listen. what we have to deal with at the end, which <laughs> is like the, yeah, cool, the, like, the, the coolest okay. part of this. Okay. Anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous. Okay. We're playing yeah. time oh, here. Yeah, I mean, this so is where might... this is where the rolling happens. This is where no, the rolling no. happens. No, no, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, are we gonna... so I guess as the narrator for this section, I'm going to say that as they're talking and you guys are doing that, you do see a performer in a Ricky the Rat costume kind of dancing on a street corner of this little <laughs> fake main main street. Central no, main street's a real one. What's the yeah, I forget what I call it. It's to be like big street like USA. Central, street Central Boulevard, I think. Central. Yeah, that's the but like yeah, there's a guy in a Ricky Rat costume kind of oh, dancing on amazing. the corner nearby to where they're eating. I think I think if you have something you plan to do, you can you can literally roll for it and see if you succeed and resolve it or not. Mm-hmm. And if you have magic, if you, you can use describe magic. how you're doing with mm-hmm. magic with an adjective, you can add one. Oh, yes. totally. Okay, so yeah. uh, Marco goes to make this tackle and then has sort of like, all right, all right. I guess we could do the non-violent route, sort of, and will um, using their weather magic. Um, to like summon this gust of wind to just like gently bowl over Elaine's father into Ricky's partner, Rinny, and just kind of like both of them topple to the ground. And immediately Marco's like, hey, you just tackled that rat. What are you doing? There's a fight here. And we'll like pull out a phone or whatever device is appropriate in this time that is not crazy anachronistic and start Mm. recording. Incredible. Oh, I have to roll. You I gotta have to roll because I cannot just say that. Yeah. Right, forgot. So narrative. <laughs> oh, that's a four. Oh, so a oh, four. Plus, plus one. one. Maddie, plus yeah, so five. Oh, gosh. So you succeed and resolve, resolve, quote unquote, the incident? Yeah. So I guess as you the narrator this part, I'll say <laughs> the resolution is the thing goes as planned and he gets knocked on top of the uh Rinny, i think was what we said uh in a rather compromising position and it gets recorded on the phone he ends up losing not just his promotion but being fired by lemurk and possibly mm-hmm. someone less talented gets put in charge of the program that he was going to be in charge of see that's what i was afraid of like in in <laughs> Terminator, just because you remove one person doesn't mean the timeline doesn't stop. I hate this. But at least it's we're, a we're stupider timeline. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Could do something. Mar- Marco is going to, to look to Elaine and say, how you doing? 
Elaine, who is now suddenly 20 pounds heavier for some reason and has a different length beard, says, I think that went good. <laughs> it worked. Well, I suppose that's that's uh, what's going to happen. That's uh, whew, only quite anxiety producing for me, but that's okay. I guess let's let's go to the next memory. <laughs> also, can I just say we have a Marco and a Margo. And a yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> We do. Yeah, um, I realize that. So and Tasha and Tabitha. Second uh, memory was originally graduating the top of his class and joining the same prestigious company his father worked for. But I'm going to edit that to say <laughs> that he still graduates in the top of his class, but now instead of doing it out of pride, he is doing it out of spite. Mm. And mm -hmm. he is purposely joining this company to basically try and ruin it because he's mad that they fired his dad and ruined his life. Okay. <laughs> oh no, it's you, yeah. Elaine. You're the one who did it. The <laughs> event that we know the ending of, because uh, we had to pick an event no. that we knew a beginning of, but not how it ended and ending of, and not how it began, was mm. a cache of files labeled Burn Without Reading is stolen and leaked online. So I think to set the scene, we're going to see in older Elaine, he's maybe 23, 24. He's got a kind of ratty ponytail down to like just past the base of his neck. Looks like he's maybe a little overweight, a little unhygienic, like you can tell he hasn't been taking care of himself. Oh. And he is in a server room in a building and he is looking through a wall cabinet that's next to all these servers. And in it are all these old files that basically haven't been uploaded and digitized yet. Like it's all old paper recordings. He knows he's not supposed to be here. He's very like furtive. You can see him like kind of dig through it. He looks up, looks around and then digs back through it. And I imagine we pop in as he's kind of searching through these random paper files. Present, Elaine says, this is uh, when I decided I was gonna get back at Lemurk for firing my dad, which doesn't sound quite right, but it I guess it is now. I stole all this old AI research they decided was too dangerous to use, and I leaked it to the press. Are you still stealing it from the like the server room or do you like have it on hand? Uh, the past version of him is still looking through these old boxes of files that are in this like kind of storage cabinet. Okay, because I have an idea, but I don't want to like jump the gun too quickly. Go for it. Do it. Okay, so You're I have just meddling magic. with time. So <laughs> I'm just going to flood the whole room. To the point where, like, everything is like yeah. destroy unusual. all the electronics. If and the all servers the are there, I fucked up the servers. If there's papers, they're crumbly. Please, God, let this work. Uh, what adjective are you going to use? <laughs> Devastatingly. Mm. Is that an adverb or an adjective? Yeah, I think we take off the lead. Yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah, we devastating. Like devastating. Devastating. There yeah. we go. Okay. Oh no, your face. Oh, that's a one. That's a one. No, Sorry, y'all. No. I tried. Wait, I, I mean, and no. even with a plus one, that's still... Yeah, that's a two, then. 
<laughs> it was too good. I knew it was too good of an idea. Uh, well, so down so hard. <laughs> yeah. Now, now you have an 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 anomaly, and then um an okay. um an anomaly, <laughs> and now someone has to describe how things get worse. It can be anyone. Damn it! I'm sorry. So, young Elaine sees this this water main. It's what he assumes burst. This like biblical deluge, right? And he's freaking out because he's originally just going through trying to cherry pick out the best stuff. So he just freaks out, goes full Snowden, and starts trying to upload that right then. Oh, um, so <laughs> Tabitha, I think, is going to try to involve themselves in the scene and go over to young Elaine and, and put a therapeutic hand on his shoulder and say... You're not responsible for your father. You're not responsible for any of this. You can let it go. And that's her spell. So I rolled a four. It gives me a five. Bye. And what was your uh, oh, adjective God. for your therapeutic? Therapeutic. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Her magic's yeah. all palliative. Yeah. I imagine that, like, that it's kind of quantum leapy, kind of, so that you're not actually. Like you're there, but you're not there type thing. So he just kind of like hears this voice in his head, maybe he thinks it's his own conscious. And he goes, you know what? You're right. And he just drops the box that he's holding on the ground. It gets soaked through and he just gets out of there before he gets caught. We are so yeah. good at saving the future. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Tackling mascots and fixing daddy issues. That's what we do. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, now now those were Elaine's two memories. Now we're on to a new memory. It's Tasha's, it looks like. Oh, yes. So Tasha, she's about 10 to 12. I don't know how young children are. Age is weird. Um, but my older sister took me to a botanical garden because I was attempting to help her around the house and water all the plants. And by doing so, I like murdered every plant by overwatering it. Didn't even realize that's how my water powers probably came to be. But you know what? That that works out perfectly. But yeah, so she she brought me to this garden and it shows me all the beauty of these plants. And the the event is that, ironically, as I tried to overwater everything, all the sprinklers in the botanical garden just go off. Despite the fact, like, go off as in don't work. Despite the fact that the the garden people, the employees are trying to get them to run so they can actually water the garden. Uh, for some reason, the thing decides it doesn't feel like working today or it doesn't need to work. So, yeah. Like, have they called in any mechanical help here or is it just the people at the garden trying to... It took them a little while to call it in because at first they thought it was a glitch, but then, like, eventually they were like, yeah, this, it's hot. We need to actually call in someone. So, yeah, they called in um, a mechanical team. Is that tech team still present? Yes. Well, I vote we track them down. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think that definitely uh, whatever that uh, tech is doing is going to be very important to uh, whatever happens uh, next. Probably, I think. Probably. probably. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I actually I have a theory. What if in trying to clear the system from uh whatever is stopping like making the sprinkler turn off 
uh, whatever uh, the tech is using to do that, maybe there's like a plugin or something, um, whatever's in there like gets removed, but goes into like his tech there. So mm. it's kind of like a, like a virus type thing that kind of like leeches through that way. And I think what Margo is going to do is she's going to realize this and go, oh dear, um, and then try to uh, make a little pocket teleport in uh, the mechanic's pocket so that once he pulls his like little connector out and puts it back in his pocket, it disappears into it and then like appears in Marco's hands. And she's going to like then get on the ground and like stomp on it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like break Do it. it. Don't roll a it. one like I did. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that was my I, I got, I got, I got a two. Hold on. Let me give my adjective so that it's at least a three. Um, my adjective is sneaky. <laughs> um, oh gosh, with a three, it still isn't resolved. I, I'm sorry, Margot, but when you attempted to do it, it like not only created like a pocket, but it also like as you went to kind of grab it, he like felt it. So like he went to f he was like the the hell was that so he like reaches in his own pocket to be like who like what hand is in my pocket and you have to like, snatch your hand back so you don't actually get it so it like worked but like you jumped the gun a little too quick trying oh, to grab it out of his hand oh he touched me oh where's my hand sanitizer oh no <laughs> I think Elaine is gonna try next he's going to ask Margot. So you were able to teleport into his pocket, so you know what part of the building they're in, right? He's on the lower floor in a, in a closet behind the reception area. And he'll say, can you make me like a little peek hole? It just has to be big enough to just for me to look through and they won't notice. Uh, sure, so he's yeah. He's thinking like a... Well, like portal style. Sure, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he'll look through that and he will attempt to use his magic to short out the little USB drive that you tried to steal and he grabbed back. Uh, gotta think of a good adjective for this. We already use sneakily. Uh, <laughs> that's such a good one for this whole thing. Uh, furtive. Say uh, furtive. Oh, that's, that's a synonym. synonym, but it's going to create a. Oh, we can't deft. Use what Just about deft? deft? Oh, yeah, he's going to attempt to deftly send out like a little shock wavy mm. type thing and just short out that entire little usb stick do oh. it do it that's a one no on the die no no. <laughs> <laughs> we're doomed no. okay yeah, so that is so add an anomaly, anomaly and okay okay now we have three <laughs> cool, cool, cool just cool, on standby cool. and it gets worse somehow uh, okay, so you try to short this thing and end up just accelerating it. It's nothing major, probably nothing immediately noticeable, but it becomes a more aggressive virus capable of, like, traveling via Bluetooth. So now anyone no. within a 20-foot <laughs> radius of their cell phone is like, uh-oh, no sprinklers for you. Or, you know, the, the, so like, the person version of that. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're slowly becoming more fucked. I love it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ow. Save us, Marco. Tackle someone. <laughs> <laughs> I like, we've tried all the other options <laughs> i'm going in we can also technically use it only to like twist things or like mm. complicate or change something if we need to i'm honestly almost feel like i want to hold off until this shit gets real bad except i don't know if that's a bad idea 
Oh yeah, we want to get rid of our anomalies. So I'm wondering oh, like, okay. if I were to check an anomaly at this and say, it's not only the sprinkler system, it's also the lights. Would that count for using an anomaly? I mean, or do we have to change I don't, it I don't entirely? Know if we, I don't know if we, I guess that can make something different or complicate the scene. So I guess that counts. All right, how about this? The sprinklers have turned on, but they are all the way on now. Is that an anomaly? We have complicated yeah, like the scene. They're still broken, I, I but they're now so. broken in the yeah. opposite way. Yeah, but yeah, now we're all going to die. Water out. <laughs> <laughs> now all or the plants are the plants going to are. drown. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Tasha's like, oh my god, no. <laughs> I like the overabundance aspect of it. Because mm. part of me is like, whatever mm -hmm. existent part of the machine is here is like, ha 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 ha. You got what so, you wished for. But the rest of me is like, yeah, no, lots too much water can also be super bad and just wasteful. The Californian in me is like, ugh, mm -hmm. turn turn that down. So how do we how do we fix this? This seems like your kind of deal, Marco. With a G or a K. <laughs> With a K. Right. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's nice. Uh I can cause a drought and we can really dry out the plants here, but that doesn't quite take care of the whole machine issue oh um i mean if if we have all of this this water now i know that um i'm, I'm sorry that tasha can't help but what about um short circuiting the all the tech that now has the bot in it with water is that like everyone's cell phone in the botanical <laughs> garden <laughs> isn't cell phones are more important than the future though i mean people spend could... too much time on the technology Yes, something, people used to something. spend outrageous amounts of money on um, technology that would one day um, be their demise. But you know, um... I, I think I think I've got this. And we're um, gonna put out a hand uh, and then just kind of snap. And tiny, tiny, so not murderous lightning bolts like come down from this otherwise very clear sky and strike down on like the. I guess I don't really know how buildings work. I'm going to say it hits a building and somehow all of the electricity sh like short circuits there and then also hits everyone's pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pocket lightning. Yeah, it. no, which which you know would be cool. would be wild otherwise, right? But Marco is a very, very talented mage. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. summons a thunderstorm mm -hmm. and just short circuits yeah, so everything. Is tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Adjective is uh, precise, we'll go with. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And that's a six total. Oh, I'm thanks. So good oh, thank all. goodness. Don't worry, everyone. Just imagining all Under these control. little thunder clouds hitting every <laughs> single person. Yeah, they're super and that, cute. That tech must be having such a weird pocket day. Like he reached <laughs> in at first, and then there's a hand in there. Like, yeah. And then his cell phone gets hit with a tiny lightning bolt. <laughs> My new iPhone, no. <laughs> Just when I was contemplating what it means to, I guess, imagine a hand that I can hold in my pocket. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It, was, it was a sad day for a lot, mm. for a lot of people. <laughs> oh, great. We did it. <laughs> okay. Well, and I guess, should we do the next, the next memory? Uh, we don't have a, a lot of time, but maybe we can do, like, two more to make it, like, an even halfway at the very least. Solid. Yeah. Sounds uh, good. The next one is, it is Marco's. Right. Um, so 
just for the sake of sort of establishing the scene, the memory starts in a very tiny like community church uh, where there are like just a ton of kids running around. A handful of them, four or five, look like Marco, just like dark hair, dark eyes, little kids running around. Marco has broken off. This kid is like five, six years old to go stand next to an older woman um, at the back of the church playing this like giant organ. Um, and she sees him and looks over and she's oh Marco hello and she's like and he's like hello hi I'm Marco um, as you do when you see people for the first time or any time mm-hmm. and he like scoots up on the bench with her and she just kind of like mimes through showing him some songs and he plays along until another uh, like a gentleman walks through the room and is like we gotta go let's go round it up and Marco jumps off the bench and follows all the other kids that look like him to a grocery store and the family pulls in in their giant minivan and gets out and starts to walk up to the store and they can see from a distance like it's just a crowd of people um, standing outside the store looking confused or angry there are posters around maybe saying like the big sports game is coming up so everyone buy your wings and nachos Uh, but um, there's a large crowd outside just trying to get into the store um, and you can sort of hear like murmurings of like, why can't we get in? The door is locked. Will someone unlock it? We can't. That's that's where we start. Is there anyone stuck inside or is it empty inside? There are people inside. Yes. Um, there are like you can see through the windows, like a handful of people at the door. It seems like maybe a store manager and a clerk. But like mm-hmm. beyond that, if you really like peek through the crowd, everyone else inside is either unaware or like an employee trying to keep people calm. Like this is totally normal. Doors jammed. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Cool. Damn, the little lightning bolt would be helpful right now. <laughs> Hands are tied. Is there a back door to this store? Um, there is. There's like a regular, like a, it's like a loading bay for, I don't know, groceries. All right. Um, Tabitha will kind of shoulder through the group. Very calm. Very serene. And as she, she gets to the front, she puts her hand on the glass over one of the hands of the store manager, who probably looks real sweaty and, and terrified as all retail workers do all the time. I totally understand Classic. as someone who has done it for a long time. Um, puts their hand on the glass over the, the retail manager's hand and says, calm down. I'm sure there's another way in and out of the store. Have you checked the loading bay? So she serenely calms him down through the window, attempting to quell the mass hysteria. All right, that is a three that is up to a four. Oh, dear. Cool. <laughs> so, so it didn't work. Did not resolve it. <laughs> or is it I, I can, doesn't get worse. I can jump in. So like he's a little calmer, but like it's more so the people behind him and like like in the store and the people behind him behind you, where they want their damn wings, man. Like we, we gotta. We, I need my nachos. <laughs> and what is happening right now? So mm. yeah, he's just accepted his death. He's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think Elaine may try if there's like a motor or something on one of these doors like that keeps it from being able to manually open. He's going to try to short that out so that then somebody could like force one of the doors open. Mm -hmm. So he is going to attempt to forcefully break the part of the door keeping it from being able to be manually opened. That is a three, so that is also going to be a four. Okay. We're doomed. (laughs) Um, I think you're trying to work on it, but there are backup safety things on the door, 
and it's just it's like it's just happening too slow the crowd behind is still getting very angry they need those wings yeah you know i i think uh margo thinks what's happening here is that it's going to end in people being very angry about the functioning of the door and then requiring better tech for the door like that is mm. like so i think she's going to go to another grocery store find the food and then teleport it into she's going <laughs> to use her power like a car and like teleport it in and be like free food everyone free wings <laughs> free, free wings please go please go back to your homes forget this ever happened and don't tell, tell talk to anyone about this Fine. ever um <laughs> So I guess she's gonna use um, oh, what adjective would I use for this? Ah, uh, gosh, flashily, flavorful <laughs> magic, spicy <Flavorful>. magic, spicy <laughs> buffalo magic, <laughs> savory, <laughs> the savoriest, savory uh, teleportation magic right there. The mage Guy Fieri taught me this one. <laughs> hey guys, okay. <laughs> all right, let's see. Ah, oh, I got a five plus one is six. Yes. Okay. I it succeed. Uh, the people just really wanted their wings. <laughs> We're willing to forget this that whole being locked inside a store thing. We have the wings. We stopped well, the locked people are so locked, but the outside people are cool. Uh, yeah. they, I mean, I, I imagine we gave them enough time to like. Yeah, they will free. use the strength and sustenance from the wings to smash through the window. They'll be fine. <laughs> smash I like through the it. window. <laughs> Yep, that's... Yep. Thank you, Guy Fieri, for teaching us these ways. <laughs> <laughs> I think the moral of the story. Thank Guy Fieri. Uh, okay. Uh, right, one more. And the next one, oh, it's mine. So this is Margot's memory. When when the crew drops in, it features Margot has just teleported her way back down from a long hike to the peak of this mountain in a very kind of, I guess, rural area where it's mostly like farming and factories and like a, like a small village and it's like beautiful like mountain on the side. And she's like walking off of this. You can see that she looks a little that uh, the marker from this memory looks like she's like a little tear stained. She looks very disheveled, uh, but she looks really, really happy. Um, and Margot talks constantly about her feelings. So she very openly talks about the fact that she went on this journey because she was feeling like a little out of place, ironic, because she's a teleportation mage and she wanted to like find herself. So she went on this hike and she like had this whole experience. But as she's returning, she hears what sounds like shouting. They're machines. Everything is shut down. Like they can't do anything anymore like production has come to a full stop i'd say that we're close to a a dairy factory i suppose so there's like it's the like milking of cows and the making of cheese and other processes involving milk <laughs> and so you're you're there and um the person there is like angrily like there's i think a, like maybe like a town official there and uh like the farmers are like shouting at them saying we're going to be like short on production for a month because of this you know how how close these deadlines are we really gotta we have to keep this moving what are you doing i warned you about using all these different technologies or whatever you know i never trusted it and yet here we are 
I don't know how to fix this. I can't flood a factory. <laughs> Drown the cows. We I got, can't I got fix one. industrialized <laughs> agriculture game. <laughs> uh, this is where we lose. Goodbye. No. <laughs> we tried. Gosh, I really, I really want to set a barn on fire. <laughs> um, but like, I don't like. I, I I recognize that that wouldn't help at all. And also cows, you know. So that, that idea is out. I just thought I would say. That would no be fun. utterly horrific. Uh, Thank you, no. Zach. I mean, beyond the pun, the fact that we immediately went to flood and burn. <laughs> a friendly fire, like a, a, a fire that sets the cows free. Uh, the future is so safe. <laughs> sets them free from life. <laughs> no longer do you have to toil within these horrible cow bodies. Okay, so um, Tabitha sees this. And she she looks at it for a second and she, she worries that the outcome of this is that people are going to rely heavier on synthetic produced food. They're not going to rely on, on farmers to be able to do this or maybe that cows, some interaction. It's, and even though it's the technology that's failing in this moment, it, it seems like it's just because of the old outdated bucolic system of farming. So what Tabitha is going to try to do to combat that is go, Come, come together. You have enough hands to to all milk these cows. While you all might work on cornfields or something else, you could come together and, and, and split this to something smaller. So she's going to use the most milky of magic um, to bring the town <laughs> together and encourage them to, to, to decentralize their farming in a sustainable way. So it is no longer a large factory farm and that the disenfranchised landless serfs that exist at this point are all just also <laughs> milking. So she's going to encourage a good old fashioned meltdown. You're, you're going to ask them I, to huff it? Agrarian. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. uh, staging an uprising. Oh boy. God. Um, okay. So with that milky adjective here we go i deserved i deserved that one oh. i deserved that one 100 percent no bringing it to a you two did. i have no. made the situation worse with milk oh <laughs> so all of these people hear you talk like they're like panicked we can't get any milk all of the machines are working and you're like let's all milk together and they turn they're like who the fuck is this uh and then just start tipping cows like an outrage no one wants to hurt the cows but it's just like cows you're not helping and just shoving them over Ugh, this feels like such a moot point stop it all of you the pun wait i have an anomaly and can i be a terrible person with this anomaly do it yeah um it. so then the barn starts to go up in flames um, <laughs> And Those now cows? we have the issue of getting the cows out and, oh my God. you know, not milking them. <laughs> Do I have to fix this or can I just throw the cows <laughs> I mean, no, you can throw it, but you're also part of the team trying to fix it. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, gosh. I do have water magic. <laughs> you do. You just put the fire out. <laughs> okay, fine. I, I set the fire. I can take it out. I am a, a god in this world. In me attempting to take it out, it would also open the barn doors so like the, the cows are free mm. and people realizing that there's an influx of flooded cows, um, they're like, maybe we should start taking care of them and take care of this situation. I don't know how farming works, so I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm not using the word milky. Sounds right. 
Lord, that was a that was a adjective. Um, so I want to use nakama because that's like for family and friends. But I don't know the word. I'm <laughs> together. Mm. Is that an adjective? United. 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 Thank united. you. Yeah. Thank you. So unitedly, they. I I throw the ma- water magic. Thank God. I got a five. Ah, oh, grace. <laughs> yes, so good. So oh, yeah. the, the barn isn't burning anymore. The cows have flowed <laughs> gently into the neighboring fields. Uh, and people are like, you know what? Maybe that weird woman who was preaching about the power of togetherness and the, the milky magic, maybe we should think about that. <laughs> <laughs> She was on to something. (laughs) They deal with the cows as people do, because otherwise the cows will explode. I don't know how cows work. I'm sorry. They're good. The cows are happy. The barn is flooded. They get new technology. Yeah, how do you... uh, And I think it's this instant of togetherness, people coming together to milk these cows from across the land. That's true. Uh, Mm. Mutually decide, you know what? We don't need machines anymore. Not just to milk our cows, but to communicate and make make things. Let's do it all by hand. If we can milk cows, we can mend shoes, etc. Who, who needs to take their iPhones and throw it into the flood? <laughs> and and that, at the very least, slows down the robot apocalypse. <laughs> it's no longer our problem. Our agrarian Luddite army. <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, that's definitely all we have time for for Mage Against the Machine. <laughs> I think we nailed it. That was great. That was chaotic. I loved. It. I'm sorry, but Rat World. I'm <laughs> like I. I knew exactly what you were going for, but I. I. I will never stop laughing. Ugh, Rat Ricky World. and Rinny. Hello. Yeah. Beautiful. Beauty. Beauty. Rat Chaos. Rat World. Uh, Izzy, I just have to say, I really commend. In the first one, we're like, "How do we solve this?" And you're like, "We tackle him." Like, tackle. I love that kind of chaos right out always, of the <laughs> Always tackle. That's that's always be tackling is my mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. mantra. Yeah, wake up and choose violence. <laughs> the easy <laughs> role playing approach. <laughs> yeah. Love it. An art form of itself, if you will. Well, uh, that was fantastic. Where should our listeners go? to find and support all of y'all individually and as uh, members of Pods Against the Machine. Well, we have a Twitter, Pod versus Machine, capital P, capital V, capital M. Um, that Twitter will also have a link to our Discord if you prefer Discord. I'm also mostly on Twitter at Z underscore Mist with a Y because fantasy. Nice. <laughs> Zach? Just support the pod and support each other. And this wonderful show. Thank you so much for having us on the show. This has been so fun. Oh, thank y'all. It's been a delight. Drew, anything Uh, to add? I'm just going to echo Zach, promote our show, and again, promote your show. This was super fun to do. If the rest of what you do is like this, then definitely people need to be listening to this. (laughs) Just pure chaos (laughs) 24-7. We love it. Those are the vibes we go for. Uh, Well, (laughs) thank you all so much for being here on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. For our listeners, if you do want to support us, we do have a show Twitter called Gameplay RFB. Um, and you can also follow us co-hosts individually. Uh, I'm at Erin is a bird. That's at E-R-Y-N is a bird. And I'm at Cute Bookworm 10. That is cute and book and worm and the numeral one and zero. I don't know why I said it like that. 
It's very, very clear. It was beautiful. <laughs> Wait, do that. And yeah, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.